Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning again. It is the 12th of January, 2023. I'm Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. I have some good news. Well, we always have good news to share, right? God is good. There's always good news. Um, The gospel is true. Like, right, that's the best good news of all. I have some uh, substantially good news from the headlines this morning. The Buffalo Bills, Damar Hamlin, for whom we have been praying after the cardiac arrest he suffered Um, during a Monday night football game. Prayers for DeMar have been answered. That's the headline. The prayers for DeMar have been answered nine days after um, he went into cardiac arrest, um, resuscitated on a field in Cincinnati. Um, He has been released from the hospital in Buffalo. He was transferred from Cincinnati to uh, the hospital in Cincinnati to a hospital in Buffalo, and they have now decided after he completed a series of tests and an evaluation and consultation with team physicians, confident that DeMar can be safely discharged from the hospital. So um, this marks obviously the next major step in what doctors have called a remarkable or even some doctors have referred to as a miraculous recovery. And so um, let's give God his glory, right? Let's give God his glory. We prayed, many others prayed, Um, Those prayers have been answered. Let's give God the glory due his name. Let's be people who are quick to um, thank God, praise God, honor God, um, and and continue to plead, plead before the Father for others um, who, who are suffering, who are ill, trusting that God does heal. God is the great physician. God's the one who knit us together in our mother's wombs. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, God is able to do far more than we ordinarily dare to ask or imagine. Like, pray the desires of your heart today in relationship to healing. Um, Be sure to give God the glory. In other news, um, (laughs) that's a little bit the other side of the news. Yeah, so we're going from this story of glory and honoring God to a story where you're just like, okay, what? So we've talked a little bit about this person who has been elected to um, represent uh, Long Island. So he is now a member of the House of Representatives. His name um, is George Santos. Um, He's basically a fictional or mythical person. He is a a mythlomaniac, right? He just, he's not just a compulsive liar. He is a completely fabricated um, story about, who he is and where he's come from and what he's done along the way. And so um, the local uh, representation of the Republican Party, joined by the state Republican Party in New York, um, they have called for him to resign. They have said he doesn't have the ability to 
serve us well. He cannot effectively represent us. Um, and we would like new leadership for New York's congressional third district. Um, he refused. He re- reiterated his refusal. He says, I was elected to serve um, and I remain committed to doing that. I regret that, um, you know, some don't support me, but, you know, there you go. He says, the voters have made a decision and I have the right to serve. I have the right to serve. I want you to listen to the language that people are using, and I want you to um, consider the language used by the party, which says he has disgraced the House, disgraced the House. You'd have to know what grace was to know what disgracing something means. So when you see or hear words that you know are profoundly theological, and when you see those words used in, um, in secular ways— it's an opportunity for you as a Christian to say, huh, okay, well, how could we judge that someone was disgracing something? Uh, it, in order to understand how a person might be disgracing something, we would have to know what grace is. So how do you understand grace? What does it mean to serve graciously or gracefully? And then what does it mean to disgrace something? And how is this individual disgracing the house? Um, do we really value truth in the culture today? And does the failure to speak truth have real consequences? Those are good questions for us to till the soil of um, in our own conversations uh, today and with others. All right, Dr. Matthew Sleeth is going to join us next. We're in an ongoing conversation with him about the 10 pillars of our faith. We arrive today at the fourth pillar. We've already talked about always putting God first, listening to God, talking with God. And today we're going to talk about rest with God. You need a little rest for your soul? You're about to get it here on Mornings with Carmen. Come to me. Dr. Matthew Sleeth joins us again today. You can find him at MatthewSleethMD.com. Matthew, welcome back. Great to be with you. So and we are... I'm, I'm so excited about our topic here. <laughs> I know, me too, me too. So <laughs> we are um, in the fourth part of our 10-part series on the pillars of our faith. Um, just to remind folks, we have talked about always putting God first, We've talked about listening to God, the importance of listening to God, um, being in his word. And we've talked, we've talked about talking with God, and that is having a life of prayer. Tell us where we arrive today at pillar number four. Well, uh, it is resting with God. And, and I uh, I've always get, by the way, I've taught about this for 20 years. I've written a, a book that for the last 10 years in the United States has been the bestseller on uh, Sabbath. And so I know a little something about it from personal experience and from teaching it. And one of the number one questions that comes up is, what is it? And, and I just define it as a 24-hour period out of every seven days that you set aside 
where commerce and work and that type of thing are not your focus, but rest and God and community are. And um, uh, I don't um, prescribe what day people do that on. I think the best, uh, you know, for most of us is the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. But there are people who work in ministry or law enforcement or whatever they may have to shift that or physicians or 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 nurses the point is to to have that time and to set it aside and to really in in a little bit of a sense step out of the the world of getting and spending and working and to um and so i i tell people that uh sabbath keeping in my theology is not a condition of getting into heaven it's just a condition that heaven is in if you get there carmen all right, say that again. It's not a condition of getting into heaven, but it is the condition of heaven uh, if you get in. If you get in, once you get in. If you put your faith in the Lord, you're going to see it. So, um, and it's uh, and it's something that uh, the the world is against. Um, there's only one person in Scripture who enters to himself that God is busy, and it's in the book of Job. He's late for the meeting. God says, where have you been? And Satan says, I've been busy. I'm running up and down, to and fro. And uh, uh, and so remember in thinking about all of this, that Satan is is uh, wants us to be busy. And God wants us to be rested and then effective in our our ministries. And there, there is no saying work like the Messiah. It's work like the devil. And, and so uh, to me, it's just been a wonderful time. It has kept me refreshed over 20 years of being a Christian. And I, I just, it's like, uh, it's like trying to describe ice cream to somebody who's never had a taste of it. You really need to taste it for yourself and see that it's good, Carmen. We're talking with Dr. Matthew Sleeth. Um, we're talking about rest with God. He's written an entire book on it. It's called 24 6 a prescription for a healthier, happier life. Um, where does the command for Sabbath uh, come from? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Jesus being Lord of the Sabbath and the Sabbath being given um, for us uh, and for our good. All of that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Dr. Matthew Sleeth, our subject matter today is rest with God. We're talking about what it means, what it looks like to keep the Sabbath commandment. So Matthew, let's start there. Where where in the Bible does God command us to keep Sabbath? Well, first he gives us Sabbath. Uh, he spoke uh, the universe into existence, made everything in six days. And, and then along with us, um, uh, first thing he had us do is rest in, in scripture. When he brought the Hebrews out of 
slavery and they'd been in slavery for over 400 years the first thing he taught them was the sabbath before he gave many other commandments he taught them how to do the sabbath and then uh when moses was given the 10 commandments uh the sabbath commandment is in there it is in the top half of the 10 commandments and uh, of course uh carmen we don't live under the old testament laws but all those laws are perfect and jesus declared himself as you said earlier the lord of the sabbath and so for two thousand years christianity has adopted the practice of sabbath and um and so it's it's not something you have to do as i said earlier but it is something that is an incredible blessing and for almost two thousand years the church has kept that and during the last um, uh, 50 years or so, it has become a scarce thing in our society. Um, and, and so uh, it, it's commanded in the Old Testament, and Jesus uh, says that he's um, the Lord of it. And we can learn something about Sabbath by Jesus's activities and what he's doing on the Sabbath. And the interesting thing is that the majority of Jesus's miracles are done on the Sabbath, and they're all of one kind. He doesn't walk on water that day. He doesn't feed 5,000. What he does on the Sabbath is to heal. And so I really think if you're out there in the world, you're going to need some healing at the end of the week. And, um, and to think of it as, as a time to put the, the balm of rest on your soul, as it were. Mm, I love that. It's um, an important connection. Maybe you could share with us um, some of the um, parts of the experiment that your family engaged in for more than 20 years in terms of the Sabbath. Well, we um, I'm, I'm going to brag about my kids here for a second. I love to brag about my kids. Um, we, we started this and we all became Christians when they were in high school and junior high school. And um, I remember uh, they went to a very competitive high school and a teacher saying, your children were not, are not going to be able to make it unless they work on Sunday because that's the major, you know, uh, study day and everything. And they made a decision along with us uh, that we were going to honor the Sabbath. And the good news is my son graduated as valedictorian of that high school. My daughter didn't graduate. She was accepted to college at age 15. And they both graduated as valedictorian of their college's class. And my son did the same thing in medical school. The point being is they, they're smart kids. They had a Jewish mom. But what they had that nobody else had was a day where they were loved by the Lord for being human beings and not human doings. So if you think you're going to come out be behind by taking the Sabbath, you've got the wrong idea about it. In life, uh, you really, in so many ways, are going to come out ahead by this intentional time with the Lord uh, once a week. So talk with us a little bit, um, you know, practically uh, about that. What then did um, keeping Sabbath look like with your kids during high school, college, medical school? I mean, you know, yeah, on the mission during, field, like, what does it look yeah, like? Dur yeah, during college, I mean, during high school, you know, they uh, the big thing is preparation. And so what they really learned to do was get all their work done uh, by Saturday evening. And then Sunday, we'd get up, we'd go to church, and they came home, and they'd read, and they'd go for walks, and they'd take naps, and um, and and just really just rest in the Lord's uh, uh, presence. 
And um, they continued that through college. My son did it in medical school and residency. Um, he is in charge of all the PEDS departments at Tenwick Hospital in Kenya. And it's a little bit harder now, but he still shoots for that. He still shoots for four days a month that um, now his major goal is to be with his children uh, during that time. Um, and so it's, it's not always been um, um, easy or convenient um, to put God first, you know, one day out of the week, um, but they've done it and they've prospered. And it, it's very interesting. Susanna Wesley, I'm going to bring up a wonderful character from history whose uh, sons, Charles and John Wesley are known to everyone, was asked to write a letter about what made her kids so effective and, and, and that type of thing. And, and she said that the number one and the first thing she taught them was Sabbath and that they could, uh, they knew what Sabbath was before they could quote, walk or well go. In other words, they were toddlers. And so it's something to begin with children at the, at the very, is to say this day is set aside for the Lord. If you're a mom or something, and how do you do this? You might have special toys that they only play with on, on that day, but, but you want to be modeling what you want them to grow up to be and that is somebody that puts the lord first matthew um i'd love for you to you know put your little physician hat on for here for just a moment um uh can we talk a little bit about some of the positive health benefits i mean like even if i even if i'm not doing it for spiritual reasons there's some good positive health benefits from resting one day a week Absolutely. And the Lord intended Sabbath for believers and non-believers. And the Sabbath commandment is quite explicit about that. Even the stranger who's with us, who doesn't share our culture or beliefs or whatever, is to be offered um, the Sabbath. And the health benefits are enormous. We, uh, Our nonprofit uh, did a five-year study in North Carolina with 2,000 pastors. It's, um, it's a large, expensive kind of study, and it's just absolutely clear that physical and mental health improve uh, when when you take this uh, time aside one day out of the week, and that that uh, transfers to people who are not believers or whatever. There's a book called The Blue Zone, which talks about what makes it so people make it to 100 years of age. Um, and one of the common denominators around the world uh, were that people stopped one day a week and took what is either a Sabbath or equivalent of that. Carmen. So the health benefits, I think, are enormous. I believe there's spiritual, tangible spiritual benefits. We live in a time where marriage is under attack, where so many marriages fail. And I think that um, there probably isn't one in 10,000 marriage counselors who says, tell me about your Sabbath. And yet to mm. subtract that from um, uh, the routine of life is a major, major thing, and I think is responsible for some of the um, uh, the disruption of, of family harmonies. The Lord knows that that we need time uh, just to concentrate on Him and family and marriage, and Sabbath is an ideal uh, time to do that, Carmen. All right, we're gonna now all check out Blue Zones and um, and the Blue Zone and see what's going on with that. Um, Matthew, as always, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to our next conversation about the next pillar of of faith, and that's going to be practicing hospitality. Today, we're focusing on rest with God. 
Matthew's book on the subject is 24-6, A Prescription for a Healthier, Happier Life. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Come to me. Hey, is there a change you've been wanting to make? Maybe it's the same change you've been wanting to make every year. If you, um, at the beginning of this year, like you recognize, you know what? I set out to change something last year, and it was the same thing I set out to change the year before that, and I'm still there. (sighs) Are you tired of um, trying or maybe even not even trying anymore? Are you ready to figure out like how to actually move forward? BJ Thompson is going to join us next. We're going to talk about um, what it means to awaken a better you. He's going to go over four simple steps to create the life you want. You ready to make a change, change you've been wanting to make? Let's find out how. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. So I'm curious to know, uh, is there something in your life that you would like to be different? Like, right, you, maybe you feel stuck in some kind of cycle of trying, but can't. We hate the can't cycle. I hate it. Something that I want to change, a change maybe I've always wanted to make, but I don't know how. Um, and so if you've got something like that, that, you know, you'd just be willing to share maybe in a word or two, you can always text me during the show, 877-933-2484. You know, this is the place I feel stuck or the way I feel stuck or the change I'd like to make. Um, we're going to talk about what it looks like to awaken today, um, what it looks like to awaken um, to, a better, to a better you. B.J. Thompson is going to join us here in just a moment. We're going to talk about the four simple simple steps to create the life you want. Um, part of it is, you know, recognizing that you have reached a place, um, you know, where you're ready to change. Like this isn't just something that, um, you know, needs to change, but you're actually ready to change. Are you there yet? Are you at the point in time where you're you're ready to change and you'd like some um, proactive help and encouragement in doing that, somebody to walk with you along that path. That's what BJ Thompson does. You can connect with him at bj-thompson.com. You can um, find resources there. One of the great things that's available right now at the website is a free replay of the Awaken Conference that just took place a few days ago, um, where Christians, mature Christians, you know, share their own Awaken Testimonies. And so that's available at the website right now. BJ Thompson is joining us now. Good morning, BJ. Good morning. Wonderful, wonderful um, to have you with us today. Invite the person who's listening right now who feels like, you know what, I just don't have what it takes to change. And I don't have what it takes to live the life I really want. Invite them to awaken today. Mm, so good. Um, so Carmen, I am a uh, Dallas native, not a cowboy fan or hater. 
and uh, born and raised to a mother who had me at 17 years old and a father who left school in the 10th grade. We were probably in a, one of the most difficult, challenging um, life circumstances and environments um, in South Dallas in the height of gang culture. Um, I've overcome poverty, um, scarcity, <laughs> trauma, all these different things. And what I have realized that despite um, where an individual starts, their story is not over if they just make a decision that they want to change, right? Mm. Um, I, I love that part of this this testimony and this um, writing and the awakening. It's about my story where I show the reader just exactly where I started, as honest as I can communicate it. But then I want to just communicate the hopefulness that if I can do it, you can do it, do it as well. If you simply just follow my four uh, principles for transformation. Okay, so let's talk about those. Um, and so again, if you're just joining us, BJ Thompson is here. We are talking about Awaken a Better You, Four Simple Steps mm-hmm. to Create the Life You Want. Um, and we are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing. BJ, let's um, let's talk about um, the four simple steps. So I say they're so simple, right? Simple. But the first one... Right. The first one to get to get to the first one is um, it might be simple, but it's not without pain. Tell us what the first step is. It's desperation. Um, The first step of transformation is to make a decision. Um, Oftentimes we overthinking. You you got we've heard this before. It's called analysis paralysis. Right. Where you think so much and you never do anything. And the first thing that that truly has to happen is before our circumstances change, our mind has to. And so you have to just make a decision. You have to make a decision that in the varying areas of your life, whether it be emotional, whether it be spiritual, whether it be physical, whether it be relational, that you need and desire and will settle less for for not having made a change. Uh, But you make a decision in your mind that today I will not move forward without changing my mind and making a new decision so that I can create and experience a new transformation. So we got to make a decision. So we have um, a friend on the text line right now who, in answer to the question, you know, like, where do you feel stuck or what's the change that, you know, you've consistently set about to make, but you've never made? This person says, I just have a really bad nighttime routine. Um, And the things Mm -hmm. that they want to do they're not doing and instead they're wasting time and doing things that they don't want to do in a nighttime routine so that's a good example of a place where um all right when you reach the point of desperation then you change your mind right you Mm -hmm. identify the problem they've identified their problem and they desperately want to change what comes next yeah and i just want to let me just kind of add a pin here you know, oftentimes we'll use, um, we'll try to, we'll attempt to use guilt and shame as a motivator. Mm. And I just want to communicate to the listening audience, that's never going to work, right? Like, so you talk about the nighttime routine. I mean, if you use guilt and shame, let's say you accomplish it once or twice. Uh, the moment you're unable to do it, now guilt and shame begin to, um, they grow and they swell um, like never before. And so what I want to also communicate is the motivating factor is not, we're not just communicating the process, we're communicating the motive, which is love. And so this has to be driven by love. So um, if you're asking the next step, what happens after okay, you No, no, I got, now I, now I got to ask a follow-up question about that. <laughs> because if the motive is love, uh, you got to tell me what that means and what that looks like, because love is a 
complex conversation. Yes, yes, it is. I mean, if the motive is love, love, I mean, this is what I mean specifically. Oftentimes we see um, areas of hindrance, things that we want to change or relationships that we'd like to be better connected with. And when we're unable to do it, we just feel the weight of guilt because we did not make a decision. And what I just tell, you know, my clients um, and the people who, you know, I, I coach, I just say, you have to love yourself first, but before you can love yourself, you have to know yourself, right? Because you, you can't love someone you don't know. And so that means being honest about who you are, good, bad, and ugly, and not just in this moment, in this area, but learning how to tell your story from the time you were born um, to the time up until today. Like, this is who I am, good, bad, and ugly. And the more we're able to tell that story, we can know ourselves, um, then you can begin to love yourself and then be you, use that love to motivate change and growth in your life. Mm. I think for Christians who are listening right now, you know, um, part of this conversation, BJ, you know, when if I'm going to be honest with myself, you know, I'm going to honestly see myself as God sees me. I was asked by um, somebody yesterday to, uh, they don't know me very well. And they're like, describe yourself in three words. But the three words are words that God would use to describe you. I was like, oh, that's a very different question, right? Mm -hmm. How does God see us? How does God describe us? And so when you talk about, you know, loving ourselves, um, being honest about who you are, being sure we take into account how God sees us is imperative there. Absolutely. And, and I, again, I want to say that because if as we go through this process, it's not just about getting things right. It's becoming a whole person. Mm-hmm. And so, Carmen, oftentimes we are looking for the right answer. We're looking for the right situation. But the, the Proverbs teach us it just depends. Right. Should you answer a fool in his folly? Right. A proverb said, yes, you, you no, you shouldn't. Right. Lest you be like him. Then another proverb says, you should and correct his ways. And so the Proverbs really just leaves us in a position to where should we answer a fool? It just depends. And I think this is where a lot of us um, have freedom is it just depends. And we want to start with the place of love and not look at anything as this formula that now if we get it right or we get it wrong, well, no, we, we get to be a part of the journey and we get to do it together. Um, and that's really what this awakening movement is about. Um, and this is really why I'm encouraging the audience to take the awakened challenge where you partner with a friend or, or with a family member and you guys go through this and you not only read it, but you you begin to a, a t- attempt to apply the principles section by section. Okay, we want to encourage you to check out the awakened challenge. Um, you can also um, avail yourself of the free video replay of the Awaken conference that just took place. You can find that at bj-thompson.com. And yes, to help you out, we're giving away copies of Awaken a Better You. Today, you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. All right, we have, um, we have talked about desperation this, uh, you know, this first of the four simple steps in the awaken process. Let's talk about the second step, which is information. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how desperate we are, Carmen. If you have the wrong information, you're going to waste a lot of time, right? Um, this is the research phase of growth and transformation. Um, there's a concept called proof of concept. And it basically means that before we 
you know, give time, effort, and energy into anything, any process, any plan. We need to make sure that it's sound. Uh, and so it's research. So it, it actually takes time to learn. And when we're looking in our research, we're not just looking for research. We're looking for guides. Who are, who are people who are doing this successfully? Who's people do this seamlessly? Who's people who are doing this over and over and over again? And those are the people who we um, seek after, um, whether it be a book or a coach or a program to help us implement those practices within our own life. So that information um, phase is so important because if you don't, you end up skipping a step and you waste a lot of time. Yeah. And you have a lot of experience with coaching and I want to talk about that um, in just a moment. We're talking with BJ Thompson. Um, yes, we're giving away copies of the book, Awaken a Better You. Today, you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. We'll be right back with BJ to talk about the next two, the last two of the simple steps in this Awaken process. You can check it all out at bj-thompson.com. If you're a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome pack gift. Request yours today at myfaithradio.com. Today. I'm hungry and I'm ready for change. I run too far to still be the same. Continuing our conversation with BJ Thompson, you can find what we're talking about at bj-thompson.com. Um, BJ, we've talked about uh, the first two steps in this four-step process um, of awakening a better you. Um, we've talked about desperation and information. Why don't you take us to application? I also think that this word could be integration, but uh, you yeah, used yeah, application, yeah. so let's talk about that. <laughs> Look, Carm, you can always expand, modify, make it your own. So this is one of the most beautiful <laughs> parts about the awakening is God has already given each of us everything we need. We simply mm-hmm. have to learn um, who we are and begin to develop the practices and habits that will allow us to become the full, more integrated versions of ourselves, right? So again, if you're just not joining us and listening to us, I'm sharing this process of um, our, our specific recipe of transformation. And the reason why this is such an, uh, you know, I call it a fundamental um, process. This process has worked personally for 10,000 or more clients from all over the world. Um, it's also helped me. I actually started with this. I started at the bottom of society and have influenced millions of people across the world on businesses, companies, all kinds of things. And I have realized that these things transcend race, gender, background, social class, areas, time. It just does. Right. And so what I want to say to the audience is that even if you're in a different state, a different background, a different country, If you apply these principles in any area of growth, it will work for you, okay? Now, notice a very very bold claim, but it will absolutely work for you. The third phase in the process is what we call application, right? Um, You know, we we talk about this oftentimes. You can read, 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 learn, learn, learn. I I was born before the internet, right? So (laughs) I didn't have the, you know, I remember the, the Nintendo glove was like a big deal, in our household. And I remember um, thinking like, man, if, if I could just dial up to get into the internet, that would be like a cool, like, it's kind of scary. I was like the Y2K age. Well, now we live in a generation where everyone is inundated with more and more information, but few people are making applications. So the third phase of the process is you have to do something, right? 
Um, you can't just read this book. I, I'm already getting my readers reviews and people are saying, man, this is a good book. And what I really want to say is it's good, but it's really life changing once you apply it. And so this third phase is we have to find within the scope of our lives a way to apply. So I'll give you a case in point. Let's say your goal is to lose 30 pounds and you set in your mind, you got the right information, you have a desire. Um, you set in your mind a goal to work out 45 day, 45 minutes um, each day. Well, your schedule is very hectic. You come home from work. Um, you have little to no margin. And so you realize, you know, after a few weeks that you've been unable to hit, to hit those benchmarks. What I would say as a coach is that instead of scrapping your desire and the research and the plan, then you need to make a practical application that fits within the time windows that you have. So maybe if it's not 45 minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes a day, right? And so practical application is figuring out what can you actually do with your wiring, with your time, with your resources, and with your background to still apply the correct research on your way to growth and development. Yeah, Fi figure out what you can actually do and it needs to be something that you will actually do. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Um, were you were you um, were you reading my notes on the uh, on the goal that you just lifted up there? I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, look, are, you reading, yeah. are you reading my mail? Yeah. Hey, so look, it's a I mean, <laughs> no, that's right. So um, when you talk about your own um, experience with this, this is this is part of. Like, I think for folks who want to uh, test the proof of concept, like they can not only look at you, but they can look at others who have um, walked through this process that you lay out. Um, maybe uh, as a as a fun thing to do here, what did you learn during the recent Awaken conference from those who shared, you know, kind of their experiences of getting unstuck and moving through the Awaken process? Oh, man, what an incredible conference. If you guys have not checked it out. Um, there's an, we did it in Awaken conference. I'm um, having incredible panelists. We had Lecrae, we had uh, Beth Moore, we had Kristen Kane, we had um, uh, in a NBA uh, player Kyle Corver, we had ex NFL player ESPN analyst um, Sam Ocho. I mean, we had an incredible time. What I learned during that time, um, which is it's up available at bj-thompson.com for free. Um, if anyone wants to watch it, was that your mindset is everything. Um, one of the sessions, one of the last sessions with Kristen Kane, she just said, you know, they have all these sex trafficking um, offices all over the world. And she said, at BJ, at every level and every layer of growth, I was afraid. Um, I was scared. And it wasn't about if the situation was fully developed or fully right. I was bringing my mindset into the new situation. So I had to change my mind in order to match the new opportunity. And so one of the most mm. powerful things was, no matter where you are, no matter, no matter how things should be working out, the most important thing is how you change your mind. And that will give you the space to step into what God has for you in a new season. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And that's such a good link to um, step number four, which is transformation and embracing a mindset of continual change. That's right. That's right. The, the, the last phase is you just you get to enjoy the fruits of transformation. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the temptation, the only thing I would just, this is kind of one of my side notes, is one of the um, pitfalls we have to be 
careful of is self-sabotage, right? It's you get to that place and you now are experiencing that transformation. You lost that 20 pounds and you are in that new position and you're in these different, you know, arenas that you prayed for. You have to also continue to work on your mind because the temptation is to default back to fear and to self-sabotage to do the thing that you're comfortable with, that you've done much longer. Um, and so part of our adjustment is as we live in transformation, we got to get comfortable with that. We got to be okay with, man, I am a healthy person. Uh, I am, you know, I want to be someone who is philanthropic. I am someone who is um, generous and kind and loving, and I'm working in these places and I'm owning that now. I'm owning my good, bad, and ugly in these situations. And so one of the, the things that we always have to pay attention to is self-sabotage and we have to replace it with unlearning and relearning who we are in a new phase of life so that we can grow to the maturation of integration, right? That's what that's the part of integration that allows us to flourish and to be a blessing to ourselves and everyone around us. Yeah, just because you get the house cleaned out and all fancied up, if you don't fill it up with the right things, then that thief comes right back in and just moves right back in with all his friends. That's absolutely true. Yeah, no question about it. Um, BJ, what a joy to connect with you again. Thank you so much um, for sharing with us today. I'm going to invite everybody to check check out the free replay of the Awaken Conference. You can find that at bj-thompson.com. We're giving away copies of BJ's new book, Awaken a Better You, Four Simple Steps to Create the Life You Want. You text the word book to 877-933-2484. All the information um, for our conversation is going to be in the show notes today, so be sure you get those as well. BJ, um, thank you. Blessings. Yeah, thank you for having me. What a joy. That's BJ Thompson. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Since Jesus looked my way, yeah. I'm gonna raise my voice like thunder and leave the world in wonder of the change. The change inside of me. Well, what is before you today? Should just to consider for just a moment what's before you today? Is there a um, path to be walked, a road to be crossed, an intersection coming up? How are you going to walk by faith? What is it going to look like today to walk out your faith into the world that God so loves and to do so in ways that honor Jesus? That takes um, some consideration. Like, let's not be people who are, like, that we don't take the time to consider. That's what inconsiderate means. You didn't take the time to consider something. So let's take the time to consider the day which is before us, the time we have, the circumstances of our lives, the opportunities the divine appointments, the reality that God is, and that God is present, and that God has a will in every circumstance, um, that God loves us. So I want you to consider all of that. Don't be inconsiderate today. Be a person who thinks about what they're thinking about, thinks about um, how they're thinking about what they're thinking about. Like, think about that. Be considerate today. Consider the Lord. Consider the opportunities that the Lord um, presents to you. Seek to be faithful uh, in each and every moment. And when you when you fail, when you fall, get right back up and repent um, and turn quickly to do the next right thing. 
That'll be my encouragement for the day. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.